0: Are good. We're live everywhere. <laughs> so um, so I'm thrilled to have with me today in support of women in health and women in the home, um, my guest today. So I wanted to start this show. We're in episode 16. I honestly can't believe it um, with Warrior Women in Business. And for those of you that aren't familiar with the show and what Warrior Women in Business is all about, My name is Jasmine Sandler. I run a digital marketing and branding agency here in Manhattan called called Jasmine Sandler Media. And under Jasmine Sandler Media, um, one one of my missions is to help women. And so I started this podcast like less than a year ago. This is my second podcast series. And the podcast is really about warrior women. It's really about helping women, not only in business, but in all areas of their life, Um, become better women, become uh, authentic and help other women. And so what I do is I host a podcast series I have amazing people on like Nikki. And then I also host events, um, you know, here in New York City. And the goal is to broaden these events globally and just really support women. So again, my name is Jasmine Sandler. We do this uh, podcast every two weeks or so. And I handpick women that I think are actually really doing something to help other women. Um, and then, uh, just to mention, we do have an event coming up uh, that's very, very important. That's why I'm mentioning it. Uh, we in uh, at the end of November and beginning of December is a global initiative to end uh, gender-based and domestic violence. So we are hosting with the New York Art Center here in Tribeca a silent auction um, and art gala. It's going to be a lot of fun and we are raising money for 52 domestic violence shelters. So hopefully you can attend, that's December 9th. Whether you're in New York or you wanna to come to New York, it's gonna be a great thing. So I wanted to welcome Nikki to the show, say hello.
1: Hello, thank you so much for having me.
0: Yes, and um, you're wearing a nice like, light, light shirt today and I'm heavily dressed because you're in Arizona, right?
1: I am, yes. It is a cool, breezy, probably 82 right now outside. Yeah. And
0: here it's about a cool, breezy 22. So
1: <laughs> there
0: you go. Um, so, I, so I just want to give a little bit of a bio on Nikki. And Nikki, first of all, thanks you. thank you for reaching out to me and wanting to share your story today. Um, I'm sure that folks will appreciate it. So um, just a little bio. So, Nikki uh, Cohen Bird, and hopefully I'm saying it correctly, yes, uh, is are. a local health coach, speaker, and entrepreneur. And, I've also come from a fitness background. I'm, I'm a speaker in entrepreneurs. I know we're gonna really get into it today. Yes. <laughs> um, and I find that women, so I've been playing hockey for a million years and I feel like women that are into fitness and also entrepreneurs are really warrior women. Absolutely. We <laughs> right? like have to overcome a lot of obstacles and our physical health and how our body and our body language works, I'm sure you will agree, actually help helps us to propel our business forward.
1: So we're gonna talk about yep. that
0: today. So she has a, B, a BS in uh, kinesiology, is that how you say it?
1: Kinesiology, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Um, and an MBA from
0: Belmont universe, University and, and is also a member of the NSA, the National Speakers Association. Through it all, health and wellness has always been her passion. Her own health struggles, loss of 65 pounds, which I really can't believe looking at you and just meeting you for the first time, I can't <laughs> that. Um, and the building and building. And failing of multiple businesses, which I love that you have in your bio, because I feel like I, I always feel like I'm the only Abraham Lincoln out there that's had like 17 failed businesses, and then finally we're on our way. But it's what it takes when you're an entrepreneur, right? And this It is. is about, right? Being a warrior mm-hmm. woman. Um, and she's brought to realize that through it all, the most important thing you can never ever do is maintain your personal health. And me, myself, Nikki, um, every single day, I don't care what time it is, I cut out for fitness, so that's what, one of the reasons that I'm an entrepreneur is to give myself fitness time, believe it or not. Um, mm-hmm. Currently, she's in the process of making the transition from individual health coaching uh, for professional women, which is very important, mm-hmm. to following her true passion of revitalizing the healthcare space. That's a big job. And that's yes. why you're a woman. Um, <laughs> her current startup, it's what? Will,
1: how do you say her, the name of your firm? It's called Walliance. So a... Uh, well, uh, Alliance of Wellness kind of a play on those two words.
0: Cool. Well, Alliance America is a class pass style membership platform. Very cool. For holistic wellness practitioners, it's going through the first round of funding. Good luck on that one. Thank Um, you. Yeah, it's no joke. I understand. I help companies do that and you need a strong woman to get through that. Um, Mm -hmm. When she's not working on her business, you can find her in uh, outside in the gym or in the kitchen. And actually, when I was looking Nikki up, I'm not much of a cook, and it's something I definitely want to learn. So maybe you can come to New York and teach my warrior woman how to cook. I was like, definitely. Oh, <laughs> a really, really cool social media of like colorful foods, and it makes you really want to become healthy. So anyway, so again, thank thank you for joining us today, and I'd love for you to tell your story. Like you know, beyond the bio, like really, how did you get here? A little bit about your mission. Just a little bit about you.
1: you. Definitely, thank you so much. Um, goodness, that's that's a long-winded story. How long do we have? No. Um, so, I was an athlete growing up, right? And I was always indirectly involved in the health and fitness space somehow. Um, my parents always wanted me to be a doctor. You know, I excelled in school very quickly. I was good at academics. Um, I had a knack for fitness. I loved that space. Um, And I just was really interested in like when I went to the doctor's office, like I'd always be interested in what he was doing and asking him questions like why are you doing this to me and watching when the needle goes in kind of that weird stuff that you don't normally (laughs) do. Yeah. And so I always was encouraged to be a doctor. Well, I went to high school and then I went to undergrad and I was more in the sports side of things. And, you know, when you're younger, like you never have to worry about what you eat kind of a thing because your metabolism is, is just, true. yeah, going <laughs> a million miles an hour and you're a multi-sport athlete and you just don't really think about it that much. Um, and so I also kind of come from a background where their belief is, you know, you get a great education. And if you don't get a good job after that, you get even more education and then you find (laughs) a good job and then you just stay there until they give you a good pension. Then that's always been their belief. So, um, you know, I wasn't even really sure if I wanted to be a doctor, but I love sports. I loved everything, health and wellness. And that was just from my own kind of nerdiness. Um, still to this day, I love everything about Clinical health, I'm fascinated by health tech, by innovations, by even wellness trends and the craziest stuff you can find out there. Um, For me personally, I love taking care of myself. I love fitness classes. I love eating well. I love, you know, just how I feel when I do that. And that love started back, you know, even before I decided to make any sort of business out of it. But what happened was, you know, when I moved from maybe going to med school to being like, I don't think I want to be in school that long to completely changing up the educational background, I sort of fell into a path that I never really saw myself in. And I was going to get my MBA and I was in Nashville and I was doing stuff in the health insurance world. And it just all sort of culminated to one day I was like, wait a minute, how did I get here? And it wasn't even like the professional side of how did I get here? It was also that through all of that schooling, and now being a woman going through where I didn't have to worry about what I was eating to you're doing nothing but not sleeping and studying and eating like poop. And you know, you're in college (laughs) and higher education, and you drink every now and then. And I looked at myself and I was like, you're an athlete, your background is in health, but why do you look and feel this way? So it was just one of those like aha moments one morning when I woke up and I was like, oh my gosh, something needs to change. So that was really just the start of my journey to my personal health reform. And, um, you know, fast forward a few months down the road, I lost 65 pounds and it was really that journey that jump-started me to being like, what the heck is an entrepreneur? And I never saw myself as being an entrepreneur, but I always had a million different ideas. And I was like, why can't someone just pay me for having ideas? And it's I was like, every well, day, Mickey. yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, you know that's not going to happen. So let's figure out what you can do. And yeah, yeah. so, you know, I started getting into that space where once you get into the self-education and the rabbit hole of like coaches and entrepreneur, this, oh, yeah. you can't really, yeah, you can't really get out. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, I didn't really have an idea that I wanted to execute upon at that point. And I didn't know anything about funding or anything about partners. And I was seeing all these women becoming coaches and I was like, well, I have a fitness backgrounds. I have a health background. I also just lost a ton of weight. I can do that too. And so that was like my foray into entrepreneurship because at that time I thought that was my only option. Like, this looks like the quickest way to get into it. Um, And, you know, a few things happened. I moved to New Orleans and I was kind of working with women one-on-one somewhat. I didn't really... Um, have my marketing and my message mastered. And it just wasn't a business that was ending up being, you know, sustainable. And so I was like, it's been a couple years now. I've had this big idea in the back of my head. I know what I know about coaching and about health. And I know there has to be something bigger out there for me. And Mm -hmm. while I still believe that personal health, especially with females is of the utmost importance, it was really ruining mine to go after something that I felt like I had to force, and it didn't feel right to me. So um, that brings me to today, and I'm in that transition phase where um, I'm sort of, you know, still offering advice, still coaching when someone needs it, and just really going full force into uh, my big idea that's hopefully going to change the world. So that's me now.
0: <laughs> wow. Well, interesting. Uh, we have a few things in common. I lived in New Orleans. Interesting. Oh, really? Interesting, nice. Interesting place to live. Um, it is. Not very healthy, <laughs> but whoever wants to go there, great food. Um, um, but I, want, I had some questions in mind, but I kind of, based on what you said, I wanted to shift a little bit, if you don't mind. Okay. Um, just thinking about, you know, so I have had women on, on the show from female sexual health to standard, you know, pharma health to holistic and And there's a lot going on in health and fitness and then technology and health and technology and apparel. Can you maybe think about some companies or trends that you're seeing in the health space conjoined with technology that you think are interesting?
1: Can you talk about Absolutely, that? absolutely. There is, you're right, there is so much on the horizon and things that you wouldn't even think about from, um, from AI learning, um, from wearables, and then the integration of all that stuff. One of the biggest things that I think is you know, really coming down the pipe for next year. And whether you believe in it or not, it's going to be huge no matter who you are, is CBD everything. You see it everywhere. Yeah, Yeah. it's going to be in your food. It's going to be um, in your drinks. It's going to be even in your clothes. And that's another um, sort of wellness area that I've been dabbling into is wellness clothing, right? This industry has found a way to merge with the apparel industry to bring you, um, you know, AI learning clothing and fitting software where they can, there's a company called Zozo um, out of Japan who can send you a suit that essentially measures your body and it lets you move around a little bit and it translates data back to the clothing manufacturer and they send you clothes that are perfectly tailor fit to your body. And what that's trying to do is build up on the sustainability principle and um, get rid of, yeah, people throwing away clothes, which is another trend that'll be coming down the pipe is sustainability. And that's something that people are sitting on now, but you're just going to see an absolute explosion of everything sustainable in the next couple of years, because millennials and people like us, we have that personal um, responsibility, like tied to brands, right, who are like, her doing better in the world. And you see out there where you know people are like, you can't truly be holistically well yourself if you don't care about the wellness of the environment. And people are starting to take that to heart. And that's going to be an absolute explosion. Yeah.
0: No, I love that. That's very important. I'm Mm -hmm. on the side of a musician and all my music is about supporting these movements because you know what, we have to get the message out any way we can. And I love that the apparel fits. So that's really interesting. So talk talk to us a little bit about your company. So you're, you're doing coaching now, but it sounds like your, your trajectory is to get beyond this and do something bigger. What is that big thing?
1: That big thing is, so you have the wellness industry. The wellness industry is right here. It's everything from fitness to nutrition, to apparel, what we just talked about, spas, travel, everything. That's a $4.5 trillion industry globally. Right. And most of that is in America and Asia Pacific and stuff like that. But you also have the healthcare industry which is over here and mm-hmm. it makes no sense to me why they're supposedly interrelated but they're so disjointed wow. everything nice. you do here on the wellness side it does not translate to the healthcare side and i mean you know some some programs like humana go for 365 and like your fitbits are sort of quantifying your data and relating it to healthcare right but there's still a complete disintegration between these two and so what's the point of having all of these wellness providers making your life better, but you still have people, um, chronic diseases are on the rise still exponentially. So where is that disconnect? And in my experience, um, the largest consumer population who's coming up is going to be the millennials Gen Z. And we have an utmost, you know, direct relation to non-Westernized medicine, but looking for a more holistic, way of healing. So you mm-hmm. have your holistic practitioners and your integrated medicine practitioners. And so, you know, my introductory into shifting the healthcare space is to offer a membership model to a group of alternative medicine practitioners. So it's no longer cost prohibitive. Yeah, so it's no longer cost prohibitive for the younger people. Um, and you get the recommended care that you need from these providers.
0: Well, you know, what's interesting to me is, I don't know when this was, but maybe last year I went to the doctor and the doctor was, so I come from a family of doctors, just so you know, like, that's why I say, wow, we have so much in common, it's a little weird, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, and I was, and and you like to look at needles, I like to look away from needles, that's why I didn't become a doctor, needles, I don't like blood, but, um, but my point is, I went to the doctor about a year ago for something, and I walked in, and it was one of those, you know, so healthcare is changing at every single level, Mm -hmm. and it's driven by the economy, right, let's, let's be real here, so it's, Pharma and traditional healthcare wants to retain their money, okay, right? But, however, the big shift that I personally see is in the, the one-on-one doctor, the group doctor, the gr- group healthcare, delivery of health, Obama, all of that, that has completely changed the healthcare system. So my point is, I went to go see a doctor, and it was a new doctor, and mm-hmm. it was a primary healthcare physician, mm-hmm. and I went in, and what I noticed, this doctor was a part of a laundry list of other doctors in this building in Manhattan. Mm -hmm. But most of those other doctors were acupuncturists and all holistic medicine doctors. And, and I come from, I worked in the healthcare industry. I worked, you know, in the medical industry. And so I'm used to going into a a standard doctor waiting room. This waiting room was packed. Yeah. No, but I asked the woman in the front, who are most of these people here to see? And they said, the acupuncturist, the, whatever you call it, the hypnotist, not the primary healthcare physician. So I was like, wow, to myself, somebody who grew up working for, like my mom is a doctor, mm-hmm. that this thing is just completely changing. Okay. Um, so I, I wonder how, how do you think, because healthcare delivery is changing, and, and I, I've, this is my guess, that that will f- possibly force pharma to change, and possibly, maybe Make the healthcare industry more open-minded to these alternative practices. I don't know what you think about it, but you just brought it up, and I started thinking about it. So, what's your comment on that?
1: Definitely, I think um, I think that is similar to the boom we see in like the fintech, the financial industry, right? You have right. traditional, you have tradi- traditional banks. They house all the money, um, but then you have all of these apps just on your phone that you can manage your money. Uber has a credit card. You have the Cash app. You have the Stash app. You have Robinhood you have all of these alternative sources of investing and moving your money and managing it and if the traditional bank system doesn't just adopt this new way of thinking this online digital ai ai learning for finances you know they're going to fall off and that could still be ways down the road but America is ripe for disruption in a lot of different industries and technology is going to be one of the biggest movers regardless of regardless what industry you're in. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, I think that same trajectory is going to help, is going to happen eventually in the healthcare space. And I think it's going to start happening now with the transition from the largest population being the baby boomers to it being the millennials. You're going to start seeing that transition now because of our preferences, because of our consumer behavior, because of our want for a holistic wellness um, sort of care, you know? I yeah. I just went to see my boyfriend's aunt in the hospital 2 days ago and she is a nurse, right? She's a classically trained nurse and she was like, I do not like my physician. He comes in here, I am here all day. He comes in my room for 15 minutes. He stands in the corner asking questions and he has no idea about me because he has a list of people that he has to see and a huge volume of people he has to see. Mm -hmm. And whether or not that model of care is fueled by pharma or health insurance or reimbursements, they're going (laughs) to have to start realizing, yeah, that that's not sustainable and people are gonna move to the model of care where A, it's personalized, B, it's more convenient, C, they know who you are and they can tailor their care towards you without a lot of dabbling into um, opioids or pharmacogenetics or any sort of medications, right? That's kind of the trajectory we're gonna start to see once people realize that that's an option. Mm. So I'm gonna,
0: st- I'm gonna throw a huge question at you.
1: <laughs>
0: Why not? <laughs> um, So, you know, we're considered a capitalist economy, right, and we're considered a place where we, you know, we have a lot of opportunities, yet when I talk to physicians and I talk to people in other countries, healthcare is more readily available, right? Yeah. Do you see the sense of, like you said, holistic medicine, alternative medicine taking shape and being adopted, as a way of enabling better and more opportunities and availability for healthcare or do you think it's going to get in the way or do you think it's going to cause a problem for traditional healthcare like where, where do you see that happen what, what do you see in that because that's kind of what's that's what's happening i feel like what you're saying is absolutely true right that t- millennials requirements and needs and everybody right and technology coming together is forcing mm-hmm. a new way to deliver healthcare um, through sustainability. But there's also just a bigger question about availability of healthcare for everyone. Mm-hmm. And so so do you think that, like, let's say in the next, not this coming president, uh, president election, but maybe the next one, that something like holistic medicine as an alternative healthcare care solution could be on the table? Do you know what I'm saying? Like something yeah. bigger and bigger.
1: Um, I think that's a really good question. And I think at the beginning, no, I don't think it's realistic that that's going to be a healthcare solution. I think what you're going to see in the meantime is a hybrid model between the two, because, um, right now, you know, regardless of what their business models are, that particular model of care isn't covered by insurance. And regardless of who you are, you need insurance because, you know, you need something. They, yeah, you need something, you know, they are, there are doctors that are there for you when you have a, you know, recommended process of care, when you have um, a disease that has a specific management process to go through, and there's no um, emergencies, and there's no um, chronic illness that requires inpatient, outpatient surgery, and that sort of thing, right? They're not necessarily surgical centers, and people are always going to need That healthcare model and protection for emergencies and for things that these particular physicians cannot handle. What I see, though, in correlation to other countries where healthcare is more readily available, um, regardless of if it's universal or not, is not even necessarily their process of care, but you really have to take a look at the health of the population before they even go into the care model. And that's Mm. one of the biggest things about the integrative medicine space is that. They are going to help you with lifestyle activities that are going uh, to better your general health and not have to put you in the healthcare system to start. in the first place. Yeah. That's so, right. you know, you don't have the prevalence of chronic diseases or the obesity rate, the heart disease rate, the high cholesterol rate. You don't have the media marketing, the kind of unhealthy foods that you do here in America in the countries where you know people are healthier, healthcare is universal Fair, and their yeah. systems are flawless. You have to kind of look at where people are before they even enter that system. And I think that's one of the big things about this care model is that not only does it help you with your current needs, but it's gonna incentivize a healthier lifestyle change um that the healthcare model won't do because there's no money in healthy people it's going to focus on the preventive side and it's going to help you live a healthier life so you don't even need to get involved into the healthcare system right so yeah. at first there's going to be a hybrid model where people start focusing on their initial wellness i would right. say
0: okay got it so what well, what's good in what we're talking about today especially you know i actually have a lot of female health um professionals that but- that listen to this. So um, I'm sure that they love this conversation. But I think what we're talking, the good part is it seems like there's jobs for everyone, you know? So whether you're a nurse or you're a surgeon or you're somebody that works for a health insurance company or you're an acupuncturist, or it sounds like on both sides, there'll be opportunities for everyone. I don't think healthcare research is slowing down at all, at all. I've done a lot of work in that space. So I, I don't think, I think the point is that I'm making is, is that people should fear this inclusion. I think that they should embrace it. But because mm-hmm. it, it sounds like it's a better opportunity. And then maybe there's healthcare solutions on both sides, as you were saying, the preventative side, which you know has to, is associated with what you're talking about. And then also the treatment of things that might be genetic, for example, right? right?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, so let's talk about strictly about um, warrior women in business a little bit because you okay. are- also an entrepreneur. So yes. when you hear, when you hear the word, when you saw this podcast or you found me, right? Um,
1: how would you define a warrior woman in business? What would okay. the that would come up to you? Absolutely. I think every woman is a warrior woman and it's even better if you're trying to start your own business or you're a high ranking professional, or even thinking about taking that leap for a couple of reasons. One, um, We're a lot more emotionally connected to everything we do as our men, in my opinion. I think that there's a lot more writing on our plate. We have a lot of other responsibilities. And it's just like in our innate nature to be very caring, even if it's not towards ourselves. So. Yeah. yeah. So you have so much to think about, so much to do. You're usually a homemaker. If you want to have kids, if you want to be a spouse, if you want to go back to school, if you want to run your own business, if you want to do that, there's so many things that are pulling your attention every different way. And from uh, someone who has even like just dabbled in a few of those, I'm not married, I don't have kids. I yeah. have so much respect for those of you who are trying to do the same thing as me, but also have a family to take care of. Like I can't yeah. even imagine. Yeah. How much <laughs> just effort and focus in all of that it takes. So, you know, someone, some woman who has the ability to manage all that and has the confidence to stand up and be like, I don't like things the way they are. I have a solution to change it and I'm going to go after that. That's awesome. And that's what I would see as a warrior woman.
0: Cool. Yeah. I don't understand it either, Nikki, the taking care of the kids and I'm not, I don't have kids either. I mean, I love kids. I'd love to have one, but, or maybe two or whatever, but <laughs> it's, it's hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's all of these things. And so tailing off of that, you know, I I speak to a lot of different female entrepreneurs and they, I'd like you to share maybe a couple of your tips to my audience about being a female entrepreneur specifically Mm -hmm. and what maybe things you do on a daily basis that you think help to move you forward or make you feel better or see your business grow. Any tips from your own experience?
1: Absolutely. And at this point, I want to just shy away from even talking about like specific fitness and nutrition tactics, because that can kind of get into a whole like conversation on its own. Okay. But I would say, yeah, so I would say in general for your personal wellness and self care as a female as an entrepreneur, anyone, your number one tip is going to be any mentioned this in the very beginning is just prioritization. You know, we focus a lot on being an awesome mom. We focus a lot on being an awesome business person, an owner, a CEO, whatever your title is. You focus so much on that because people still see your title as your identity. So you're going to put so much focus into that, that you put yourself on the back burner. And when that happens, you see weight gain, burnout, depression, all of these things that fuel the health issues in the first place. So Mm -hmm. I always preach to entrepreneurs, especially women, that you have got to make yourself your first priority, you know, regardless of what else you have on your plate. Otherwise, everything else is going to be at fault. You know, you can't pour from an empty cup. Um, You're going to do your best to serve others if you are your best self, right? And that's not even from, you know, like, energy levels and stuff like that. That's not even the physical side of it, but, but really just, you know, that principle um, is prioritization. And then I would also say, you know, aside from that is just being able to say, say no, right? To say no to things mm-hmm. and be able to recognize when you feel like you're on the verge of exhaustion, um, the verge of burnout, You know, when you're stressed and when you're anxious, it actually causes you to eat more. It causes you to sleep less. And you have all these issues with your hormones. And it could all be just the result of too much stress, not a lot of rest, and Mm -hmm. your body telling you that you need to take a break.
0: Yeah, I love it. You know, so I was saying, um, I don't know where I was the other day, but many days I'll I'll forget to eat. I'm so busy, you know? So I, and I, and I was somewhere and I walked into a meeting and I said, listen, I have to eat. Anyways, I don't care anymore. I've been in business so long. I'm just very direct. And the guy, whoever I was meeting with said, yeah, you need to eat. And I said, you know what? Like you said, I love that you said you can't do things from an empty cup. And that's kind of what I was saying. I was like, how can I be effective and be an asset to anybody if I'm, I'm an empty cup? That's That's number one. So, and I I see it. And like you said, I also love what you said about the label because, you know, I do, I do, I have a conference and I teach and I consult all on personal branding and that Mm -hmm. means raising your value. That's what it's all about. That's what I care about with my clients. Right? So part of that value is, is also just as much as not chasing a value in a label because you'll get burned out. So I completely agree that the the fitness and the health is equally as important as your financial success. So I'm really glad you brought that up. Um, so because you're in Arizona, I have a I have another question for you about um, just maybe some women's empowerment or women's groups maybe out west. That are you that you're involved with or associations? Because I tend to deal with people on the east coast. Sure. So are there, um, women's like uh, business groups or associations that maybe women that might be listening to this podcast may want to attend or get involved?
1: with. Sure. So I, you know, like you said, I am really new. I've been here for two months. But the first thing that I do when I come out here is to look for like-minded individuals. And if I can't find them, I'll start it myself. So a couple of things um, is there's actually a women-centered co-working space here. Um, It's called Hira Hub. It's only women and it's a quirky space plus an incubator. So if you're a female entrepreneur, um, and by the way, if you're out here, there are a ton of resources and available help and funding for you if you're a female that, you know, you can go to them and you can work there and you can also take advantage of their programs as a female entrepreneur. Um I myself started a group. It's just the female entrepreneur health meetup. There's about twenty seven of us in the group that we are actually meeting face to face to not only talk about you know business principles but also kind of geek out on health trends and talk about sort of practices that we've been doing to help ourselves along the way. Um, and then you have your classic female organizations like right. um, uh, all that's out here, network of executive women n e w that's oh, they're that's great. great. Yeah they're out here too. Um, yeah. and then the blog, there's, there's a, if you know, a blog, her, that yeah. space, there's one in Scottsdale. So they have one of those in Scottsdale, um, to get involved with as well. So there's a lot out here to take advantage of. Good. No,
0: know I mean, because, you know, you never know who's listening or who's watching and everybody, I mean, the whole purpose of this podcast is to provide resources, information, best practices, and opportunities. And with that being said, um, you know, so I produce an annual conference for women called Brand You. it's pretty cool. And so, um, and I have women from the National Speakers Association involved. So it's gonna be in New York in 2020, but I'm looking to broaden it out West. So maybe there's something we could do together. And I think, Absolutely. yeah, I wanted to, this conference is only in its second year. So it's it's educational, but this year I'm bringing entertainment and maybe we'll bring in health. So I think yeah. that's important. Um, we You're only great. have a couple minutes left, uh, you. you've been great. Very Thank easy you. to talk to. I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you. So um, could you share just, you know, your contact info, anything you have coming up, where,
1: how my audience can get in touch with you? Absolutely. Um, so like I said, I'm always available for questions. Um, if anybody does, you know, want some help on the health side, I'm there for you. And I don't put any barriers up. So on any of my social media channels, which is just Nikki Cohenbird Health on Facebook and Instagram, can you, you can that? shoot. Spell sorry. Can yeah. It's N-I-K-K-I. That? c-o-h-n-b-y-r-d health that's on instagram and facebook you can just send me a message um and my email is also publicized on instagram if you have any questions you can reach out to me directly um my website is just my name it's n-i-k-k-i-c-o-h-n-b-y-r-d.com um and you know like i said i am focusing so much into this idea because i want it to happen where I believe it's right to be successful, Um, that that's where 75% of my attention is gonna go. But like I said, I'm always open for questions and if you need help. And um, I am working on right now, looking for sponsors for a Phoenix Wellness Day Summit. So um, if you're familiar with the Global Wellness Summit, (laughs) it's gonna be that, but on a local scale. And so I'm gonna have lots of um, local businesses in the health and wellness space, speakers, um, on one day, and then the second day, it's going to be open for participants to come and see what options they have in their community. So, we're going to be working on that. Um, yeah, that's what I have coming up. Okay, <laughs> yeah, what's the date on that one? Don't know yet. Sometime, oh, yeah. It's gonna, yeah, it's gonna have to be before when summer. Yeah, before summer of next year, because summer here is ridiculous. So it's gonna I'm be before sure that. Before it
0: is. I'll come there
1: and meet her,
0: Nikki. All right, well, um, just one more thing before we go. So just again, you know, I'm Jasmine Sandler. This is Warrior Women in Business. And our next event, which is very important, is on December 9th at the New York Art Center in Tribeca in Manhattan. Um, it is an event to 100% of the silent auction is being raised to support women and children in New York City. One out of every four women, women in a serious relationship is abused. It's ridiculous. And then what happens is the sad part is then these women, I mean, I'm so involved with this cause right now, these women take their kids and they just leave with the, kid, the clothes on their back. It's like, it's horrible. So I said to myself, I wanna do something for this. So hopefully if you're local, you can attend. Um, also where um, people can donate tickets. And then lastly, we are accepting um, qualified donations for the uh, um, items for the auction. So we're, it's really cool. We're getting, we're getting cloth donations. We're getting um, very wealthy type of like accessories and bags, we're getting sports things. So please reach out to me if you wanna get involved with this event, it's just truly important. Um, You can just find us on Warrior Women in Business. And please, if you have any questions for Nikki, reach out to her directly, Um, you know, by next week we will have this edited and we'll share all your contact information as well with our audience. And I hope to meet you in Arizona, especially I think I'll come out now that it's cold. And you know, it's all about women helping each other. So we'll probably do something together. I look forward to that. Me too. And uh, maybe have you back on the
1: show when we have another health segment. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Take care, everyone. Bye.